Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Hey, welcome everybody to First Things First, a podcast. Every week on the First Things First podcast, we talk to amazing, interesting, exciting people, and uh, we get to hear a little bit of their stories. Uh, It's so fun to be able to do that. But the best thing about this podcast is not only are these people amazing, interesting, exciting people, but they could also be your neighbors too. You might live next door to them. You don't even know. So that's what my favorite thing is about the podcast. And today, we uh, there's it's no exception. Today we. We are are thrilled to have with us on the podcast the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Colin Britt. So uh, Colin, uh, Colin, some of you guys might know him because Colin last year came and led worship at our Disciple Now, and he's led worship for us a couple times even before that. Colin is the youth and music minister, right, Colin? Youth and music, Youth and music at New Home Baptist Church. And uh, and so and he is going to be here with us again for Disciple Now this year, February 24th, 25th. So uh, you want to make sure that uh, we want to give you a chance to get to know a little bit more about Colin. And you want to make sure if you're a teenager out there, you need to make sure that you're signed up to come to Disciple Now because we're going to have an amazing time. We're going to blow up the spot together. It's going to be amazing. That's so, right. <laughs> so, Colin, that's a little bit of an introduction for Colin. But, Colin, why don't you tell the people who you are? Why don't you give the people what they want, like share the essential Colin Britt with them. Absolutely. So uh, like Brad was saying, my name is Colin Britt. Uh, I grew up in Garland, Texas, which is kind of around the Dallas area and uh, moved to the Lubbock area around eight years ago in 2014 and uh, have been in ministry for the past eight years. And so uh, I I got married in 2020. So that was wild. It was June (laughs) of 2020. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was like mid-COVID when you guys got married. Oh, it was wild. It was wild. (laughs) Everything opened up to 50%, you know, the, the, the like week of our wedding. Oh, so we got to God. have a lot more people. We were texting people like, all right, you can come now, I guess. And so <laughs> that was wild. But uh, yeah, other than that, I, uh, I started uh, this position as the youth pastor and uh, helping out a lot with the music uh, at New Home in July of this year, 20, or I'm sorry, this past year, 2022. So, uh, by the way, happy new year. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy, but it's 2023 now and I'm, I'm still not writing the right date on anything. So <laughs> probably won't oh, do no. April. <laughs> Praise God for erasers. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but Colin also, uh, t- talk a little bit about, I mean, you're, you, uh, you have, uh, uh, an album that you have released. You, you know, you, uh, you, you have been a, a worship leader, you're a songwriter. You talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I first kind of started the musical journey that God has put me on. Um, honestly, like when I was a, in, in middle school, I started playing trumpet. Yeah. And uh, when I first moved to Lubbock, I played in the jazz band at Texas Tech. I was in the Sweet. jazz too. Yeah. So I was good, but not great. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, started learning guitar somewhere around 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> my dad showed me like three chords. I played those three chords until I hated them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just GCD, and that's all I knew And until I started asking questions to friends and uh, wrote a lot of songs, uh, most of which are, are secular. Uh-huh. And I ended up putting those on an album 
Um, but there's a lot of spiritual influence in them just because, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're writing as a, as a believer. If you're writing something, God just has his way of, of getting in there and showing himself and revealing that you are a child of his. Yeah. And yeah. so <clears throat> wrote those. And um, not too long after that, I had been writing a lot of worship songs. In fact, I just recorded one uh, with a buddy. Yeah. And so hopefully we'll be releasing that soon. The kind of goal is before Easter. And yeah, so he yeah. said he'll he'll have it done mid-February and then we'll kind of see about revisions and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I love, love, love writing music. Um, that's one of the things that I feel God has, has blessed me with. Um, not only as potentially a talent, I hope it's a talent <laughs> that God's given me, but more of just something he's blessed me with uh, on being able to express my my gratitude towards him and my adoration of him right and so i I love writing it's a it's a huge blessing to me and it probably helps me more than anybody else but that's just how god works sometimes no i i hear you i'm the same way i i i I love to write songs i've you know wrote my first song probably when i was like 13 uh you know on Mm -hmm. on a four string guitar like a guitar that only had four strings and I didn't know how oh, to yeah. play guitar, so I tuned it to where when I played the four strings, they made a chord, and I could just bar up and down the neck, you know, and make other chord. I just did it by ear, you know. So and oh, wrote, yeah. wrote a bunch of songs like that. But but songwriting has always been uh, um, therapy, you know, for me. And, Absolutely. And and a way for me to express my faith, but also just kind of talk to talk through the journey, you know, that that we're all mm. on in, in in life. And so um, the fact that I get to write these songs and then. And then, uh, you know, I'll play them for people and they mean something to somebody else still boggles my mind. Like, I don't, you know, it's awesome that that happens. It's a blessing. But but yeah, so I'm glad you got to share that. So we're going to look forward. Maybe by the time you're here for Disciple Now... You'll, the song that song will be available for mass consumption, and when you and that'll be awesome. That's the goal, and I, I think we'll probably reach that. Absolutely, right. sweet. Okay, well, th- we have something to look forward to then. Uh, Colin Britt worship song coming uh, coming soon. So that's awesome. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And uh, and and your wife is, sings with you a lot of times too. She was here the last time you Absolutely. guys came, and she's got a beautiful voice. Oh yeah, I always tell her she has the voice of an angle, a cute angle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an acute angle. Okay, all right. There's the math pun. Hopefully, the oh, only yeah. math pun in the in the course of this podcast. So I pray it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, so you guys uh, d- d- sing and lead worship a lot together. Travel sometimes, like travel around, do camps and denows and stuff like that oh, uh, yeah. on a fairly regular basis. Is that right? Yes, sir. Basically, every summer we're booked solid, whether it be uh, different camps or, yeah. or different just opportunities to lead worship. And then we always have to try and fit in our family reunions and yeah. family is very important to us. But yeah, no, Emily's awesome. Uh, she's a teacher at Friendship High School. Cool. All right. And uh, she's doing incredible stuff there and, and has many opportunities to be able to share the gospel. Yeah. And uh, that's just such a, a beautiful thing. And so uh, that's a really awesome just kind of thing for her to be able to um, talk with all these students and and share the goodness of the gospel with them. And then they're like, oh, well, how, how are you able to serve? And she's able to tell them about, you know, just all of these different things of, of how she serves in the church and how yeah. she serves uh, in many ways. And she actually started playing the piano. No way. And so, oh, yeah. And she is uh, she's doing so awesome at that. It's, it's really cool to see her grow. 
Yeah. And it's even a bigger blessing as a husband to be able to jam out with your wife. That's yeah. like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> that is, that is. On Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Eve service at our church, I played uh, uh, Gloria, uh, the Phil Wickham version of Gloria. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, yeah. So, so me and my two daughters played and sang that song together. And so my youngest daughter, who's a freshman, like that was the first time that she had sung in front of people or played guitar in front of people. And she did both things uh, at Christmas oh, wow. Eve. So I was like, man, my Christmas is taken care of. You know, that's the, that's yeah. about all I need for Christmas. So it was really, really awesome. So, all right. So Colin, uh, talk about, uh, you and I have actually had uh, uh, an awesome conversation where you shared your testimony with me and I've gotten to, I've, I've been able to hear it. And you may have talked a little bit about it at, uh, at Disciple Now last year, but, um, but share, share your testimony um, with our with our podcast audience, how did you come to faith in Christ? Like, what what events led up to that? Who were some people involved? Like, what what did that look like for mm. you? Absolutely. So, uh, both my parents are believers and grew up in church. Uh, my dad, he's a musician as well, so he would play guitar and bass in the worship band. Sweet. And uh, my mom is a beautiful vocalist, got a beautiful voice, and she would help sing and lead worship. Yeah. Um, and as you know, but not a lot of other people do, Jerry Newman, who's the, uh -huh. the worship leader at Southcrest, is my uncle. And yeah. so music has always been in my family. In fact, my grandfather was a pastor and he uh, ended up becoming an evangelist. And they would go around and lead worship and he would preach at revivals. Sweet. So music and church have always been a part of my life. Yeah. Um, when I was six years old at North Lake Baptist Church, I walked the aisle mm -hmm. and professed uh, my, my love and, and faith in Jesus Christ. Right. And uh, was baptized in 2002. I, I can't remember if it, what month it is, but I know I was baptized in 2002. And yeah. uh, just, you know, from that moment, my parents said that they noticed a change, even a, in a young six-year-old. Right. Uh, uh, that I was different. I was clearly different. And so um, moving on, just kind of further down, uh, my my life, I got into middle school and started, you know, straying away from the faith in a, in a large way. Yeah. Um, just seeking after the things of the world. I had, you know, walked in the ways that my parents had wanted me to walk in a large way, but um, there was just something in me that wanted to, to rebel in a large way. So I, I did just that. And that continued into high school. I started getting into the the party scene and the drug scene. And, yeah. Um, very, very much just, you know, idolizing everything but the Lord. Yeah. So uh, moving on into that, I, I really started to get into some heavy stuff. My parents noticed that change yeah, and uh, ended up getting caught and had this, you know, full day long conversation with my parents. Um, where And after that, I was basically just not allowed to, to go and hang out with people, which was wise for my parents to do. because I, I would have fallen right back into that. Yeah. So then moving on into college, um, as you know, as soon as you go to college, you've got a whole new realm of freedom, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, is not a great thing for a young man like I was. Sure. And so I got freedom. I was at Texas Tech University and uh, I was not living at the dorms and just kind of I started trying to find a scene where I could fit in and, and uh, started playing music around 2018 and um even in the midst of working at a church, I was still struggling with sin and struggling uh, with the world, you know, yeah. and I knew what I was doing was wrong. It reminds me of Romans seven, where Paul's talking about his flesh and his yeah. innermost spirit. And he's like, I don't do the things that I want to do. 
And the things that I don't want to do, I do. And I was having this, this inner turmoil, but I do genuinely believe that I was saved mm-hmm. uh, at six years old and just ran from the Lord. Yeah. And around, around that time, probably about, you know, year and a half into college, I met a man named Richard Cruz, who was the uh, middle school pastor at uh, South Crest Baptist Church at the time. And uh, he knew that I went to South Plains College and played guitar. And he asked me if I knew anybody that wanted to lead worship for our middle school. And I said, well, I don't know. And he goes, uh, well, why don't you ask around your school and see if there's anybody there? Yeah. So I went and asked and everybody that I talked to is going mm, middle school. I don't know about that. <laughs> and so <laughs> I don't know, you know, at the time I didn't know why I know now that it was God leading me and, and directing my paths, but I felt like, man, this is something I might need to do. And so I, I talked to Richard and, and told him, I said, I think this may be something that I'm interested in. And mm-hmm. they, you know, just had assumed because of my, my uncle and, and my working at the church that I was saved and uh and was living for the lord and living a righteous life right and so i got the job and uh first week on the job we went to camp together and richard and i were staying in the same room and he was going well man tell me about your life tell me about your testimony and i was going i don't even know if i'm saved anymore you know we we had these really good long conversations but uh, he really took me under his wing and discipled me in a very large way and uh, just kind of showed me what it what it really looked like to to walk the Christian walk, um, and God just started to change my my heart and my mind, and uh, started to change the things that I loved and the things that I wanted. Right. And uh, a couple of years down the line, I met another man by the name of Tony Ward, who ended up working at the church as well, and uh, he took me under his wing, and I started really struggling with my calling. I, right. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I knew that I loved music, and uh, every time that I thought in my mind, I'm going to quit this and go do that, God just kept me there. He didn't allow it to happen, mm-hmm. um, sort of like Paul trying to go into Asia at certain right. moments in life. He just said, I, God's not letting me go. Right. And so um talked with Tony Ward a lot about just the, this call on my life and, and what I was supposed to do. I didn't know exactly what God was calling me to do, but I knew that he wanted me to talk to Tony about it. And so we talked and, and talked and uh, he started discipling me and showing me kind of what it looked like to um, live as a pastor, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to, to seek God and seek ministry from a pastoral point of view, as, as opposed to a lay person point of view, and right. just how that looks, what it looks like to, to daily walk in God's word. And so he, uh, such a sweet man and and showed me so much and we're still best friends to this day i mean we talk all the time mm-hmm. and uh he's a really really good man and then also as i transitioned into a different position at southcrest and started leading worship more often uh, jerry newman played a gigantic role in my life yeah um and, and discipling me and mentoring me as far as what it looks like to to be a worship pastor and what it looks like even to, to a large degree of what it looks like just to pastor people. That was one area that I had not seen or grown in. And so God had this just incredible way of, of allowing me to, to stray and permitting me to, to learn some hard lessons that I needed yeah. to, to learn in that way. And in the same way, being gracious enough to, to pull the reins on me and bring me back in. And so I, I know I was saved as a six-year-old. 
And uh, God allowed things to happen to me, but he does so, so that I can come out of the other end with a testimony that can help somebody else. Sure, but more yeah. importantly, to make me look like Jesus, you know, to, yeah. to sanctify me, to teach me. And so it's it's been a gigantic blessing to walk with the Lord and to learn um, and how he wants me to learn and not in the ways that I felt like I needed to learn. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when you when you when you spend time in your in your life where you where you step into, you know, darkness, where you step into death, um, it doesn't take you very long once you once you get off into that to realize, oh, this is darkness and death. You know, it's not the, oh, yeah, it's not absolutely. life, you know, and uh, and sometimes we have a hard time kind of pulling ourselves out of it and figuring out how, to, how do we get out of that. But um, but but yeah, I mean, when especially when you have something to compare it to, you know, like for you, you grew up, you grew up in the church. You grew up around people who love Jesus. You grew up with, you know, parents, family who loved you. And so so you had this, you know, you had this you know, clear experience and image of what it was, what life could look like and what it was supposed to be. And then, and then as you kind of veered off into these other things, you know, uh, you realize, you know, gosh, this is not at all what, you know, what God might have for me or what my life should be like, or, 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 or you know, what I was created to be. Hey, y'all, Pastor Brad here with some exciting news. We've been talking for several weeks about practices that you can incorporate into your life that will help you become more spiritually healthy. Studying and meditating on Scripture is one of those essential practices, and we want to help you develop the discipline of spending time in God's Word. So, we are inviting you to join us in a weekly reading plan where we'll focus on reading through a book of the Bible together. We're also launching a new podcast called The Deep Dive, designed to help you really dig into the truths of Scripture as we read. Each week we'll have a special guest on who will help us to focus and meditate on what God is revealing to us in Scripture. You can find more information by heading out to firstshallowwater.org slash resources slash the deep dive, or you can click on the link in the description of this episode. We hope you'll join us. Let's get back to the podcast. It's funny that the, you know, the guy who's speaking at D now, Justin Bloss, he was actually, he shared his testimony on a, on a podcast and, uh, and his is like yours. Like he was a FCA, he was going as a leader at an FCA camp. And that's really when he, that's really when he's began to surrender his life and his heart to Christ for, you know, uh, in, in, in a, in a meaningful way. And, uh, but, but he was, he was supposed to be leading kids, you know, uh, at this camp and, uh, and, but it was really, he had a discussion, not unlike yours, where he's talking to some mm. of the other leaders and he's realizing, oh, wow. I mean, I am no, nowhere near where I need to be. And, and the Lord was really convicted him and drawn his heart, you know, back to, back to the Lord. So anyway, that's, that's cool. You guys kind of have a similar story in that, in that way. Absolutely. So yeah, it was largely just, you know, walking one foot in the world right. and one foot in the church. Yeah which is really both feet in the world. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 There's no, uh, I, I, I tell, I talk about this a lot and it's true in my own life, but I, I tell our folks this a lot. You know, the thing about Christianity is it requires surrender from us. Like the, like true, Christ, Absolutely. true Christianity is, is surrendering ourselves to God. And so when, um, so in order for us to experience, you know, uh, life with Christ, it requires submission on our behalf, it requires surrender from us. So there's no way to do it halfway. You know, if you, Absolutely. you know, if you're, if you're, if you're doing it halfway, you're not doing it, you know? And so, so it's good to, uh, you know, it's good to come to that, that realization in your life where, man, I, you know, uh, all God, all God wants from me is all of me, 
you know, and, mm. uh, but that's a, you know, it takes us sometimes a, a little bit of a, a little bit of um, experience and effort and energy to get to that place where you understand that really, you know? Absolutely. So, okay. So talk about uh, some times in your life uh, where you really felt God was stretching you, where you really felt God was growing you. Like how, how has God, you know, over the, since you, you know, and you've shared some of that story already, but what are some other moments in your life where, where you've really felt God was, was pulling you toward him and, and you really felt yourself growing in him? Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> one part of my, my testimony that I actually just ended up leaving out was uh, the fact that I, I attended Liberty University online. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when I was talking with Tony Ward and, and Richard Cruz and my uncle about all of these, you know, callings that I feel and, and, and struggling with the call to ministry, because that is a that is a calling. Yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've seen it time and time again where, where God has not called someone and ministry ends up failing in a large way. It becomes a very big stress on their life. And so I knew it was something um, that I, I wasn't going to be able to decide that I, I had my yes on the table and where God put that yes right. is up to him. Yeah, yeah. And and so that was a, a, a large burden on me. And so I was talking with all these men and I uh, came to the conclusion that, you know, God is calling me to ministry. God uh-huh. is going to use me in this way. And so I said, yes, Lord, Master Savior, wherever you want me, that's where I will go. Right. And so I started attending Liberty. And uh, that was really the first time where, you know, I, I had to constantly be studying God's word. Right. And constantly be be reading these these books by brothers and sisters and really spiritual fathers in the faith yeah. who were, you know, not on spiritual milk and right. I had to get off spiritual milk. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, I'm sitting here trying to eat an elephant one bite at a time yeah. and, and that's just how I had to take it. And so, yeah, you know, reading incredible theologians like, you know, Tozer and uh, just all these incredible men really started to affect my life and affect uh, the way that I viewed God, yeah. the way that I viewed his word, right. uh, the way that I viewed his people and right. unbelievers and yeah. all of these different things. And so college was a really, really good opportunity for me to um, to grow in, in the Lord and uh-huh. to, to understand more about him. Um, I mean, even like the English classes that I took had an option to where you you didn't have to read, you know, I don't know, not uh, Odyssey. You know, you didn't have to read that. You could also read this passage in the Psalms. And yeah, right. That was that was a really really good thing for me. I just soaked up as much Bible as I could, uh-huh. and that was a a large part of 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 where the the growth in the Lord that I saw in my life. Um, and then as I met now my wife, you know, but when I first met her, I realized, man, I love this girl. Uh, how how am I supposed to? to truly love her though. You know, I had right. never had this true Christ-like love. That was probably the second time where the Lord grew me in a way that I'd never seen. Yeah. Uh, I remember going to Richard Cruz and saying, Hey man, like, you know, I love this. I think I love this girl, right? but I don't know how to love her. Um, the way that God wants me to love her. I, I only know the way that the world sees love. Yeah. And so we, he walked me through a couple books, you know, here and there. Um, and Tony Ward was another one. He gave me a book called When Sinners Say I Do uh, that John Piper wrote. And that was another very influential book. All of these things kind of started to make me understand uh, what a true unconditional love was. Right. And and also just being satisfied, not in my wife, but in the Lord. That right. was a, a really pinnacle moment. Um, 
like I had mentioned in my testimony, women had been a very big part of um, where I strayed and, and how I idolized different things. I, I, I idolized the women that I was with. And so having to walk with the Lord and learn how to um, love my wife unconditionally and not idolize her was a very, very big yeah. moment of growth. Yeah. Um, and then also realizing like, oh, I have to lead her. Right. Um, yeah. I've got to, I have to be the spiritual leader in her life. And so the questions she's going to ask, I need to know the answers to. So I better get to study. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> I was like, I gotta, I gotta start reading a lot more and um, just different things like that. And, and learning um, that, you know, she's not going to satisfy me in every single way. Right. Because God is the only one who can satisfy. Right. Uh, and, and God gave me an incredible, incredible spouse uh-huh. who I love with, you know, every part that I'm able to love her. Yeah. And um, she's a gigantic blessing in my life, but she is not my everything. Yeah. And that's a good thing. That's the way that's it's That's a great to be. thing, yeah. actually. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I say all the time, I, I feel like uh, the, my, I've seen Jesus more, the grace of God, right? The mercy. I've seen it like with, with skin on more in my relationship with, with my wife, Amy, than I have in, in any other place in my life. So one way that I know about the love of Jesus is how I've experienced love from my wife, you know? And I think Absolutely. that's, I think that's really one of the amazing things that, that, uh, that godly marriage can do for you. Right. And mm-hmm. is that you, you know, you really, you really are, uh, you really are learning to love each other sacrificially. And, and, and so yeah. you learn a lot about, about God's mercy, God's grace, you know, through your relationship with one another. And, and then I'm with you too. Like I, I remember, you know, the, the moments actually right before our wedding started and it just becoming so clear to me, may, maybe real in a way that it hadn't been up until that point that, that I was about to be responsible, you know, for Amy, that, that, mm-hmm. that, that God was entrusting her to me. And that, that responsibility, uh, um, really was, was nearly overwhelming. Like at that moment, you know, just kind of realizing that God was entrusting this precious gift to me and he was, and he was entrusting it to me forever. Like one day I was, mm-hmm. my job was to deliver Amy to the, the Lord God, you know, holy and spotless, you know what I mean? Uh, according to Ephesians, right? So that's who I was supposed to be. And, and I felt completely ill-equipped to do that. I still do. But, um, but the responsibility for that, like the, the, uh, that, the weight of that responsibility has, like, like you said, it's really, it's really shaped the way that I've, I live and, mm-hmm. and caused me to want to grow into, to being a person who could, who could do that, who could be that for her. So, I mean, she's yeah. taught me so much about God and about God's love. And, and it's so amazing that God allows me to do that. In, in her life too. I get to be that for her as well. So th- that's what marriage is supposed to look like, you know? So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, but so often, you know, so often we, we get it all, all jacked up, you know, <laughs> one way or another for sure. Oh yeah. So yeah, the greatest sanctifying work that God does in your life, the two play, two play ways I firmly believe that God sanctifies us the most is in our marriage and when when we have kids, you want to talk about a sanctifying mm. work, you know, you you start to have kids, man. That's gonna that is gonna cause you to have to lean into the grace of God. So it is a true Absolutely. statement. So um so so you you guys got married and uh mm-hmm. and and kind of began your life together. Has there um what what uh what are some challenges that you 
that you've faced in, in your life, you know, since you become a Christian? And, and, and how have you felt kind of the, the grace and mercy of the Lord guiding you through some of those challenges as you've sought to kind of navigate them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a, a big, probably the biggest challenge in my life was when I started uh, saying no to the world right. and saying yes to, to the Lord. And uh, that was probably the, the hardest time in my life. So I had a, a group of friends and we hung out, lived in the same house. And, uh, you know, I had partied with them and done different drugs and um, just all these different things with them. And I started noticing that God was pulling me somewhere else and I needed to be obedient to that call that he had on my life. And so I, I started attending school and I would, you know, Hey man, you want to go do this with us? Uh, I, I don't think I need to do that anymore. I think I'm going to stay over here. And I still loved them in, in, right. a, in a great way. And in fact, I started to see them differently and love them differently because of the way that God was changing me in my heart. Right. You know, I, I realized like these friends probably aren't saved. I don't think they are. And so I need to, share the gospel with them because I don't want them to, to face the wrath of God when they pass on. Yeah. And so they did not take too kindly to that and uh, started to treat me differently. Right. And I became known as, you know, the, the good little Christian boy in the house. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I just knew that that was just people's hearts are hard and it's hard to have change. And yeah. so I just knew that I, I needed to love them and to, uh, show them grace in every situation. And so there was, you know, countless situations where um, I, I was in a way mistreated and, you know, in the most American way persecuted. Right. And, you know, just walking into a house where you're not, you're not welcome. You don't feel welcome. You know, and even if yeah. you don't feel welcome and you're supposed to sleep there, right. you know? And, uh, and that was a, a large, large challenge, but I, I can't claim to be, um, any of the reason that I was able to stay in the faith, you know, I so many times was sitting here going, man, these guys hate me. I would rather them like me. I'm right. very much a people pleaser. That's something that I deal with even to this day. Yeah. And so I'm going, I could give all this up and have my friends back. I could have that life that I had. and They wouldn't hate me. Yeah. And uh, I just remember in those moments having to just pray and say, God, I, I can't do this. I need you to do it for me. Yeah. And there was, you know, moments where my flesh was saying yes, and God in me was saying no to these situations, which was a, a huge blessing. I mean, there's no way I could have done it by myself. Yeah. And so having to choose God over the world when you li live in the same house as it was a, a huge challenge. And, right. Um, I, I look back on that time with, with great fondness because I know what God did for me in those moments. Yeah. You know, it, it's not of my own doing. Right. Um, if it was up to me, I would have gone right back into it, right. but, but God had different plans and he was leading and guiding my path. And there was many nights, you know, where I, I hear loud music going on and I'm having to study for a, for a test, you know, I'm deep in God's word. And it yeah. was, it was a really big, um, honestly, probably a symbolic picture of what was going on in my own heart, uh, yeah. body and yeah. my own flesh and soul and heart. And, uh, praise God that he won because yeah. he's a victor. He's a conqueror mm -hmm. and he, he conquered my life, you know, and, uh, he, he indeed is my master and my savior. And so that was, that was the biggest challenge was, you know, losing all, almost all of my friends and starting from square one there and just, you know, trying my hardest to rely on the Lord and his strength. Um, we're both men. Yeah. I think, 
men have the hardest time relying on the strength of God and relying mm-hmm. on his, his everything on him for everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, to this day, there is not a day that goes by where I don't struggle with trying to control my own life and, and trying to, to do things with my own strength. And yeah, that was a situation where, you know, if it was up to my own strength, I would have failed. And I did fail when I tried it on my own. Yeah. Strength. Right. You had, that had been your experience up to that point. There, there are plenty of times where you would, you would probably have thought, Hey, I need to stop doing this. I need to get out of this. Mm-hmm. I need to make changes, but you would just keep going back to the same thing. Oh, yeah. you know? So yeah, I, I, I want to stop too and talk about this because I believe there's some folks that are listening to the podcast right now that maybe they, they find themselves in this exact situation. So the, the, they've experienced, you know, they, they know what God desires for them, right? They have, mm-hmm. they have this understanding of the life that they're supposed to live in Christ that who they're, who they're supposed to be in Christ. Um, but, but the life they have been living has not been, it, you know, it's, it, it, it has been, you know, uh, filled with all kinds of self-destructive things and all kinds of, you know, and pursuing desires that are self-destructive has been filled with a lot of that stuff. And, and, and so the community around them are, are a lot of people who are doing that. They're engaged in all those kinds of behaviors. And so when you try to make, you make this decision or you start to see, man, I'm supposed to be living this other kind of life. And you start to like really try to turn your heart and your life in that direction. It can be really lonely, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think there's some folks who are really struggling with that, you know, right now, that, that, that feeling of, you know, gosh, these people have been so important to me. And then now, wow, that, you know, uh, if I, if I continue going in this direction, I'm going to lose these people that are important to me. What advice would you have for folks who, you know, that's kind of where they're living? Absolutely. So yeah, loneliness is a, is a very large part. Um, and you almost feel isolated Yeah, right. because when you start saying no to the world, the world starts turning against you. Yeah. You know, Jesus said that the world was against him. Yeah. And if you're with him, it's going to be against you as well. Right. Um, but the, the biggest thing that helped me in those situations, um, first and foremost was scripture memorization. Yeah. Man, hiding God's word in my heart. Yeah was probably single hand that single-handedly was the, the biggest game changer right um and then seeking the lord's face in prayer and, and being willing to listen and obey yeah. um but there probably the biggest thing was scripture memorization because you start memorizing god's word you start digging into god's word and it changes you mm-hmm. that god's word never returns void yeah um and it, it affects new believer old believer yeah and so in those situations where, you know, you're, you're trying to go against your nature, which, which is a sin nature, as Ephesians tells us, you're trying to go against this nature that you have, and you're trying to seek after the Lord. The greatest thing that I think anyone could do would be to memorize scripture. Yeah. So some of the, the, the scriptures that I memorized and, and I hold in my heart, and I tell myself even to this day, uh, the first and foremost one was 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is a new creation, he is in Christ, right? right? The old has passed away, passed away. Behold, the new has come. Uh-huh. So in, in those situations where I'm, you know, struggling with, with my old nature, yeah. I would have to tell myself I am in Christ. Yeah. I'm a new creation. That old Colin is dead. Right. That old Colin doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. This is a new Colin that is in Christ. Yeah. Christ is in holding. And so 
uh, I knew that it wasn't myself. I'm not having to hold my own salvation in my hands. God is holding me. Yeah. I'm a new creation. And so I would tell myself that verse all the time. Right. Um, another one was Philippians four, six, and seven. I, I dealt a lot with anxiety. Mm-hmm. I felt anxious from losing my friends and, and having to go down this new, uh, new possibility and new, new calling that God put on my life. So I would constantly tell myself, do not be anxious in anything, yeah. but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So I, I would pray and I'll just give you an example prayer. I, I would say, God, I don't know what to do in this situation. Uh-huh. I'm hurting. I feel hurt by these people. Part of me wants to hurt them back, right. you know, yeah. and I, I don't know how to, how to get through this situation. I don't know how to how to love them and show them grace when I've been hurt so much. I don't know how to, to love my wife when I, I can't understand how to communicate properly with her. Yeah, right. And God, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I don't know what to do, but I know that you have a plan for my life. I know that you know everything. Yeah. I know that you are sovereign. You are in control. And God, I trust you in this situation. And I honestly thank you for getting me out of it. Yeah. And so I, I would, let my request be made known to God. Yeah. I would beg him to get me out of it. Uh-huh. And I would trust that he is such a good God. I would trust that he's a great father. And I would thank him in that same prayer for getting me out of it. That's yeah. why it says with prayer, supplication and Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving, yeah. And Thanksgiving. And, and you know, God, he's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear mm-hmm. with. Yeah, right. When you're, when you're aside from God, that's a whole different circumstance, but but with God, he will allow you to get out of that temptation through him. Yeah. Yeah. And so th- those were probably the two biggest, um, y- you know, verses that I would hold to mm-hmm. um, that, you know, Romans 12, one, not being conformed to the world, but being transformed yeah. by the renewal of your mind. Yeah. Uh, and so that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and perfect. Yeah. And so. You know, I would I would take that verse and I would memorize it and I would just hold it in my heart, uh-huh. and and I would say, all right, I, I don't need to be transformed to look like this world or conforming to the world. I need to be transformed by the renewal of my mind by by studying and meditating on Scripture. Yeah. And so, yeah, anybody in any situation, good or bad, man, memorize Scripture. If you're right. having a great day, praise God, go memorize some Scripture. Yeah. <laughs> if you're having a bad day man praise god go memorize some scripture yeah we're in a series right now called uh shape up and uh er, er, and this podcast might release after the series is over i'm i'm not really sure but mm-hmm. but we're we're talking about spiritual practices that we can put into place in our lives that'll help us be healthy spiritually healthy and mm-hmm. so uh so one of them is the discipline of study you know when we talked about you know we talked about we talked about rep, uh, repetition you know, of scripture where you recite, re- repeat, recite scripture and mm-hmm. uh, comprehension, concentration, you know, uh, and reflection, trying to, not just trying to understand it, not just trying to know it, but understand it. And then not just trying to understand it, but allowing it to shape and change your life, you know, internalizing it really. And, and I think th- there's no way to get around that. You know, if you, uh, if, uh, if you love, if you really love somebody, you're going to want to, listen to them and understand them and understand their heart and their character 
by listening Absolutely. to their words, you know? So, so I think, I yeah. think, you know, there's no way to get around that as a Christian. I would say too, you know, you, one of the things that that's an encouragement maybe to people who listen, cause I look at your life now, right. And you have an amazing wife and you've got, uh, all of these friends in ministry, um, and and so you know there was a period of isolation or loneliness that that you went through where where you were kind of shedding these things of, of the world, but but God didn't He didn't just replace all of that like He He abundantly blessed you beyond what you had before, and even that community that you had before, what you thought was community, that wasn't even real community. It wasn't even life giving community. And absolutely, yeah. We, we tend to like hold want to hold on to this deadly like decaying you know. Uh, mass of you know community because it's all we know but but then when we start mm-hmm. to g- get out of that and experience real life in, in community it's it, i mean it's completely different and a billion times better you know absolutely no yeah i could not agree more and you know for every every uh thing that i lost in the world yeah i gained tenfold if not more right, in right. the lord yeah well and, and the yeah. other thing too colin that you that you did and i, I know that i know from your stories that you didn't just like, like you went and proactively sought godly life-giving Christian community. Like you, you looked for that. And, and absolutely, I think another place where people struggle is, you know, we tend to be really passive about our community and about our relationships. We kind of let those things come to us. And particularly like when you're in high school, that's kind of the way you operate. Like you, you know, you, you, you let those, those relationships are kind of like woven into you, you know? And so we tend to be very passive about what kind of relationships we form. And so then you go to college or wherever else, and the same thing happens. Like you, and, and what you know, what we know is that like deadly community, community that leads to death, you don't have to look for that. It will find you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. But community that leads to life, you've got to look for that. Like you've got to chase it. You've got to be proactive and, and you sought out mentors, you know, and then, and then you proactively focused on deepening your relationship with those people because you knew that life was there because Christ was there. And, um, and I would give that advice to anybody too. Like, you know, um, internalize the word of God, focus your energy on, on knowing God and on serving God, and then look for other people who are doing that you know, and, and find community with them. So anyway. Yeah. And even, even to add to that, I, I would be remiss, you know, if I didn't mention this now. So the church that I'm at at New Home Baptist, uh, the, the lead, pa- the senior pastor there is LJ Wright. Uh-huh. He's such an incredible, incredible man. And, uh, he, he jokingly calls me his brother son. Yeah. <laughs> and I jokingly call him brother dad. Yeah. And, and he's not, not much older than me, but right. he is, you know, an incredible discipler and mentor and yeah. big spiritual father in my life. And, um, you know, that was something that God orchestrated and put together. Right. And, and the friendship that we have is unlike anything else. And, and in fact, he was, you know, trying to FaceTime me mid, mid this call. And so, you know, yeah. it's one of those things where we are in constant communication. Sure. And that's not something that I had with the world, right. you know? And so I've got this, this ability to constantly communicate with God through prayer. Yeah. And, and he satisfies every part of my soul. Yeah. And then even more abundantly, this community that he's given me, you know, really a best friend that he's given me, even though I, I went from a, one church to another church, I, I came here and God just orchestrates it perfectly. Yeah. And, uh, I would encourage anybody who is, is struggling in, in this this area of feeling lonely and, and struggling by, by holding on to the world mm-hmm. and is nervous to, to move forward and seek the Lord wholeheartedly. I, I 
promise you, God is so good. Right. So, so much better than anything you've ever experienced in your life. Yeah. Uh, the, the days that I have with Jesus and the days that I have with my father, I wouldn't trade for anything. Yeah. The growth that he gives, I wouldn't trade for anything. The right. community that he gives, I wouldn't trade for anything. Uh, you know, th- this world is not worth it, but Jesus is. He is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And going back just a little bit in our conversation, talking about scripture memorization, um, that can, and you were talking about how y'all are going through a series where you're talking about these disciplines. Uh-huh. Um, and if you were anything like me, you started thinking about having to read the Bible every day as a young Christian and you're going, I don't know if I can do that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was not much of a reader yeah. growing up. And in my early, early Christianity, you know, early days of seeking the Lord when I was a kid, I never really read. I just went to church yep. and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And when I got into college and started being almost in a way forced to read the Bible because of the classes that I was taking, taking, took you. Yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> That's right. I got my education. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I was being forced to, to get in God's word right. because of the homework that I was having to do. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to, to read God's word daily, which was a, a big blessing. But even then I wasn't daily in God's word. Um, and really the, the turning point to where I started daily getting in God's word was when I was, uh, in, you know, right before being engaged to Emily and I realized that I needed to, to step up. I needed to be able to lead her and that I needed to, to make sure that, you know, my life was uh, reflecting that I was a child of God. Right. I needed to make sure that I, I knew my father intimately. Yeah. And I would encourage anybody, student, you know, adult, whoever you are, if you are not reading God's word daily, it is the greatest blessing right. that you could ever have is to, to have God's word daily in your life. And I started out one verse, one verse a day. Um, and I would encourage anybody, new believer, old believer, read John. Yeah, That's, you know, just incredible. It, it's written that we might believe right. in Jesus. And so it, it gives us faith in Christ and restores our faith in Christ. And I just started a verse a day. Yeah. And I soon found myself going, man, I feel like I can do a little more. So I started doing a paragraph a day. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was through John and said, I'm going to go all the way to these gospels. And so I went back to Mark. I read Matthew and soon I was reading a chapter a day. Yeah. And I did a chapter a day in God's word. That was about all that I could take in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the most intelligent. And so I, I had to, to really read and then think about what I was reading right. and try and comprehend it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's okay to, to, take small chunks and to try and comprehend truly. And I noticed myself having a desire that was not of myself. It was clearly God working in my life, but I had this desire to seek God and to seek to know him and understand him more. And so I was reading God's word daily and I went from a a chapter a day and then there would be days where I couldn't put it down. You know, I'm sitting here going, this is insane just to see how God has worked. And uh, recently this year, I, I, you know, I said, I'm going to try and read the Bible all the way through this year in one year. And so started doing a daily Bible reading program. And at first I was looking at it and I was going, I don't know how my mind's going to be able to take all right, of these different right. chapters and verses and, and apply it into my life. And, um, you know, it, it, it's been truly wild to see how God takes, you know, this small effort. It's truly a small effort on my behalf and uses it to grow me 
so abundantly. Yeah. It, it's such a blessing. And so I would encourage anybody, even if you have to start just a couple of verses a day, you know, stay consistent. And it, it is truly a journey. You know, it's a walk with the Lord. Yeah. Uh, when we're walking, sometimes we stumble and we fall. And, um, you know, I would encourage anybody, if if you're going to try and read God's word daily, you will fail. Yeah. Um, you will mess up. You will make mistakes. <clears throat> I have made, you know, countless mistakes. There's been days where I've not read the Bible. There's been days where I've begrudgingly read the Bible. Yeah. Um, but just trying my absolute best to stay consistent. And when I fail, I get up and I don't, I don't gaze at myself. I gaze at Jesus and right. I try and seek after his face. And that has been, you know, single-handedly the largest blessing in my life is just reading God's word daily. Yeah. One of the things we, that we just talked about, uh, was, you know, the, the, uh, well, there's a lot of whole fancy, like psychological, you know, studies and terms and everything for all of this, but, but, you know, there's a sense in which we are what we repeatedly do, you know, what, what, mm. what the things that we do, like you're, 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 you're literally routing your neural pathways. Like you're, you're shaping your brain as you, right. uh, by what you choose to think about, what you choose to do over and over again, the habits that we have. And so when we form habits where we're seeking after the Lord, like when we're, when we're committed to spending time praying and listening to God, when we're committing to spending time in, in prayer, when we're, you know, committing to spend time fasting or whatever these spiritual disciplines are that we're trying to work on, when we commit to do that, it literally trains our brain. Like it literally shapes our neural pathways and causes us to, and we, we know what it's like when our neural pathways are shaped by distracted behavior. Cause a lot of us have been in that, like we've done that before. And, um, and we know how difficult it is to kind of pull ourselves out of some of that stuff, you know? Mm. And, um, but we can do that with the things of God too, right? We can, Absolutely. when we focus on them and when we practice them, when we, when, uh, you know, and, and you're right, just even starting small because, it, because it, it really does begin to create this habit and begin to shape our mind to seek after that and create this hunger within us. And then when, when that starts and then the Holy Spirit begins to work, you know, the, because the power of the Holy Spirit to transform and to, and to reshape and to do all that is, you know, you can't even compare it to our ability, you know? So we open ourselves up to the transformative power of the Holy Spirit in that way, man, there's no telling what God can do, you know? So uh, that's good encouragement. And I like that. Just take a look one step in front of the other, man. Just, you know, just put one foot in front of the other and, uh, and, and see where God takes you, you know, in the, in the end. That's good. Good word. Yeah. Well, well, here's the, the last thing I'll mention there. Yeah. And, uh, I know I've talked quite a bit. I apologize. That's, all right. that's what we're doing. That's, that's what this is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and the, this is the last thing I'll kind of mention on, on the study of God's word, man, the study of God's word always leads you to a, a greater knowledge of him right? and a greater knowledge of God always leads to the, the greater worship of God. Yeah. Um, Psalm 96 says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Yeah. And as you continue to read in that Psalm, it, it starts to say, you know, declare his glory among the nations. Mm -hmm. So the, the more that you know God, the more you worship God, the more you inevitably want to tell others about him. Yeah. Um, so I when I was doing my, you know, chapter a day reading, I got to Romans. And I remember this so distinctly. I would, in the morning, I would wake up or at night, if I had missed it, I would try and read God's word. And so I would read a chapter in Romans. I'd be going about my day the next day. And inevitably, there would be some conversation. Right. Or I'm talking with someone 
And that verse comes to my mind. Oh, I'm, I remember reading this verse, you know. And so I'd be talking with someone. We'd get on these, uh, you know, random conversations, yeah. even conversations not about God. I would find this verse coming to my mind. I would share it with that person and they would always go, you know, that is a, so crazy. That's exactly what I needed to hear today. Yeah, it's right. the exact encouragement yeah. that I needed. And, you know, God just has a way of, as we, we bring his word into our life, mm -hmm. it starts to come out. Yep. Um, you know, what, what flows from the mouth comes from the heart. And if you're filling your heart with the word of God and the worship of God, it inevitably starts to flow out and you would be amazed at the influence and the encouragement that you're able to have in other people's lives just from studying God's word every single day. Yep. And it's such a, such a huge blessing. And you end up being able to, in a more easy way, share the gospel and spread the gospel with others and share the hope that we have and, and be able to defend this hope that's within us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. Well, Colin, thanks, man. Thanks for hanging out and uh, and talking. It's always a pleasure to do that, man. I, I enjoy spending time with you. We're looking forward to seeing you uh, in February. It's going to be a great time. Uh, the, for if, if those of you listening to the podcast, you know, um, if you've if you if you've hung out with Colin before, if you've been like at the Sabbath or someplace where he's leading worship, then you already know this. But if you haven't, um, God, he really is gifted, man. God's really gifted him, and and uh, he has a heart for worship, and he's got talent, and uh, those don't always coexist. So, so at Disciple Now, uh, make sure that you're make sure that you're there because we're gonna have a wonderful time worshiping uh, God together, and and that's gonna be a, a, a wonderful time too. And and also those of you listening, just so you know, Kyle and I are praying for 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 you, and we're specifically praying for those of you who uh, who feel trapped in. Um, mm -hmm. and whatever, whatever the, whatever the circumstances are, whatever the self-destructive behaviors are, whatever the sinful things are that you've, that you've kind of, that you kind of crawled down into, you find yourself trapped there. We're, we're, we're praying for you because here's the thing. Both of us have been there. Like both of us have been there in our lives. We know how that feels. And both of us have experienced the deliverance of the Lord God almighty. And the freedom, Absolutely. the freedom that comes right from from the power, the transforming power of His Holy Spirit. We both have experienced that, and we want that for you. We want that freedom for you, and so uh, we want you to reach out. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, there's I'm going to put some uh, information uh, link to the website in uh, in the in the the description of this uh, podcast episode. I'm going to put a link to uh, where you can, you can click on to put, to give prayer requests to us. Uh, in the description of this episode, and so uh, so if there's something that the Lord has on your heart, you can just click right there and and and, and ask for prayer. Our prayer team will pray. I will see that we and and, and we want to be lifting you up, and we want to be we want to be praying for you. And I hope that God's encouraged you, uh, and and uh, and I, I know that that somebody out there listening that God has really drawn your heart to His. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 10.30 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then... We'll see you around. So make sure you join us in the future for more episodes of the podcast. And uh, until then, we'll see you around town.